Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Waking Jake. We'll do some prospective trades today. MLB season. I'm hoping we're going to see a lot soon. A lot of the big names that were rumored still really haven't gone. Glass now trade early on, a couple others. Uh, we've got some trades and trade candidates, and we'll uh, we'll mock up what we like and we don't like. And I think we're going to give you a little football at the end of the day. I think with Justin Pennick. Uh, if not, eat a bug. All right. Happy birthday to my sister, January 17th. Birthday, Renee. Um, he has a sister. Nice. Um, I tweeted out last night, out of boredom, on my couch. Jess was at a networking event, some, like, women's empowerment thing. Happy for her. I'm on the couch. Didn't really want to watch college basketball. No football. It's kind of craving baseball. So I took it to the Twitter streets and I said, let me, hear your tr- let me hear your trade offer for your team. Remember the your team part because I just laughed at something dumb before. And I said, if you put a fair one together that makes sense, I'll say, wow, nice. I was going to give him like a shirt at the store or something, but that just felt like two steps. Yeah, this becomes something you actually have to do. It felt like two steps I didn't see myself taking from the couch at 8.29 p.m. yesterday. Because it's, am I going to watch a movie for two hours and focus? I didn't want to do that. Uh, but too many came in. 216 comments. Oh, and never mind. They posted on Instagram and people went nuts there. Oh. I didn't even dig around there. But we've got we've got more feedback. I'll, I'll give it a quick scroll. There's yeah. no shot. Instagram's a fun scroll. Yeah. I mean, I if I remember, I looked at those briefly uh, and it wasn't, wasn't too sexy. Too sexy. Um Let's try to build this up because there are some big names and people that uh, we think will be traded. Let me start it out with the closers. Uh, there's two closers that have been on a lot of people's tongues for a little bit now. Uh, Emmanuel Classe and David Bednar, uh, the closer for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Class A for the Guardians. You probably know that if you're listening to that. If not, welcome. Let's figure it all out together. Um Bednar has been rumored to be traded. Uh, he's, an, he's a true yinzer. He's like from Pittsburgh. He's kind of the perfect closer for them. He's also fun. Uh, he's Sure, he's meaty, uh, but his pitch mix is fun. He, uh, he's got a good fastball. He'll drop a big curveball on you, three-pitch guy, um, and he's really good. And so I think what it was building up to was kind of Pittsburgh being like, hey, if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it always feels like the new team has an up-and-coming closer, Romano, Toronto, that kind of rhyme. Whoa. Didn't know that. How bizarre is that? Romano, Toronto? Okay. He's from Canada. He's from Canada. Felix Bautista for Baltimore. Not from Baltimore, but he came out to the wire. He's this big freak show of a closer. Like, yeah, kind of when there's a new team, you almost want to know who their new closer is. Uh, usually there's a buildup for that. Sneaky, like a big big part of, a, it of an identity like for a it. team. I mean, every 
winning game essentially is supposed to end with that guy. So it's someone you want to feel heartstrings to. It's someone you want to like. Um, Emmanuel Class A has been rumored because the Guardians kind of run their franchise as just a little bit of a joke. Um, he's on a team-friendly extension. He's like arguably the best closer in baseball. He's kind of people say it in that voice when they say it. Like he's almost not sexy because he throws a cutter, but also the best closer all time pretty much through a cutter. Um, and then Bednar, kind of what I was saying with the Pirates, it, it felt like they were supposed to be entering a window, and it doesn't really feel that way. That I was kind of on team keep Bednar. You found a guy from Pittsburgh. You're building towards something here. To now, it's kind of the, if you can get true assets for a closer, and this is the catch-22, because you can, you can find relief pitching. You can. It's in your minor leagues. There's guys that get hot, and they throw 98 for two years, and you can find it. So if you can cash in on a reliever uh, for an everyday ball player. I think you do it. And that's where I wanted to start. Uh, I'll start with Bednar because uh, this one jumped out to me. Because everyone I've seen, A, you'll have to understand there's a lot of Yankee fans in my reply. And I love you. And I love you. Um, a lot of the Yankees trades that got involved, um, you know, they're offering the Pirates really pure prospects. Um, which, again, a certain level prospect for a reliever. Obviously, everything has its price. Um, I think if the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to trade Bednar, who's been popular there, he's got a few years left on his contract, you almost need a guy that you look at and you're going to say he's going to be an everyday player and you almost know what you're going to get. The one that jumped out to me, and we've talked a lot about this team's closer situation, how about your defending champs, the Texas Rangers? Someone that they've reportedly had on the trade block is Zeke Duran. So, Cowboy U, at Bunt Double on Twitter, shout out. Uh, they did Zeke Duran, Justin Foscue, Dustin Harris, Cole Wynn for David Bednar. Um, one like, one retweet. In my head, I think essentially Zeke for Bednar would get it done. Um, Zeke Duran last year, let me get some stats up. Um, and I can actually tie both these together, which good on me. Uh, Zeke Duran last year, uh, 14 home runs. Uh, he had in like 406 at bats, 276, a 768 OPS, a 106 OPS plus. But more importantly than that, he was 24 and he played... Shortstop, third base, second base, right field, left field, and first base. So Zeke Duran, if you're a team like Pittsburgh, you've got holes to fill. And this guy, depending how your other players develop, he could fit in a lot of different positions if he can hit enough, which last year, in his essentially his rookie season, he hit above league average. So if you project him, even if he's that hitter that he was last year, with more games, you're looking at a 20-homer guy, a few steals, plays different positions, you can pencil that guy in your lineup for the next four years in some sort. Yeah. Like, you, like if he's ultimately like the final year numbers, like a tick above league average and 
can. I don't know how well he grades at every position. I'll look into right. it. Like, can play everywhere, can stand everywhere. Well, that's value. Again, if I was slightly better at this, I guess I wouldn't reveal it to you and I would play it cool. But tying this together, the other trade that I saw that I liked, and almost all of these pieces can be swapped. It was Christopher Morell, who's been rumored uh, in trade talks. It was him for Class A. But all four of those pieces <laughs> are somewhat interchangeable. I guess if you're the Pirates, you really wouldn't love to trade Bednar in division to Chicago. I get that. To see a guy you traded close you out four games a year. Ah, maybe that's even dramatic. Who cares? If you get a guy that plays every day for your team, I think you figure that out. Uh, I guess it was my first head tilt when I, when I tweeted this out. We've talked a lot about the closer trades on Talking Baseball and Talking Yankees. We've kind of dreamt up our own rumors. But the packages that people are throwing out there are prospects. It's Chase Hampton. It's Arias. I, I don't, these names might not help you if you're a sports fan, even if you're a Yankee fan. Like these guys, I don't know. They're new prospects, uh, which always makes you a little nervous. I think if we see one of those closers go, uh, and whether you're Pittsburgh or the Guardians, we know the Guardians would want MLB ready talent. Uh, and Christopher Morrell would probably be the second-best power threat on their team. Christopher Morell last year, also 24 years old, he had 26 yabos, a 116 OPS plus, an 821 OPS. Doesn't walk a lot, but he hits. And where did he play last year? He played shortstop, third base, second base, and the whole outfield. So again, part of the reason these guys are on the trading block is they're looking for a position. Like versatility can be two different things. Although like seeing Duran play, like, I don't know. When he played shortstop in left field, you were like, oh, that's an athletic guy that I think yeah. can play defense. Like he's, he's a natural shortstop. I looked into his position right. by position, and I think every individual position is too small a sample size to do a lot with, but... Positive at shortstop and weirdly negative at every other position. Which oh. usually you'd expect the opposite. But I, I yeah. think I think the question with either of these guys is are they third baseman? Because that's usually the shortstop progression. It, I, I don't think you want either of these guys as your everyday shortstop. So then you're looking at third base or second base. You'd probably do it. Morell listed. What do you think Chris Morell's listed at? Yeah. I would in my head he's a shorty. I would, I would, and I would guess that means he got given five, five, ten buck ninety. So, the height wasn't the tricky part on this one. Okay. Christopher Morell listed five eleven. Okay, maybe, maybe a little shorter. I don't know. I haven't measured. No him. such thing. Weight listed one forty five. That's skinny. Feels like I've seen. I've his seen muscles. Chris Morell. I. I don't think I've got him at a buck 45. Anyways, Christopher Morrell, as a 24-year-old, played a ton of positions, hit 26 home runs last year. If he's on the trade block and one of these teams was deciding that they wanted the lockdown closer for three years, Class A, 
Bednar. I think you would punch it for a player like that. And, hey, other teams listening, I guess Pittsburgh and Cleveland, you let me know uh, if that's way off base. But I think I think an everyday player that can contribute at a lot of different positions, the Guardians lineup really needed help and pop last year. On uh, Pittsburgh, they still need some help. And I don't think Bednar is the difference right now. So... Um, for those two players, there was a lot of trades because every team can add to bullpen and those guys in theory are hitting trade windows, even yeah. though class A shouldn't be guardians should be good. Just use him. But if they can cash in and get more future chips, that's kind of how it goes. Uh, so that was the, the reliever ones that turned head for me. If, if you guys, if your team is hunting them out, I guess comment below. Um, and let me know if there's players, prospects that you think would be a fit. Another popular player, uh, baby Jesus, Jesus Lazardo. Does he go by Jesus or Jesus? Do we know? Because Jesus Jesus. Sanchez is the outfielder on that team. I don't actually know with him. Lazardo, who's come up in trade rumors, uh, him and Edward Cabrera. Uh, Edward. Edward Cabrera. I'm just slaughtering names. Sorry, fellas. Jake Stromboli. Um, The Marlins have been rumored to make some trades. You might hear some Luisa Rise coming up. Uh, For them, it's always, we have pitching and we need some more hitting. Uh, Lizardo, they kind of, I think they got him for the rental of Starling Marte. Uh, The A's kind of gave up on him. They tap back in. He's been a really good left-handed starting pitcher who's got years left that they could really cash in on. Uh, I'll be honest, Yankee fans had been pushing Lazardo rumors. I know Big Jim got excited, um, which usually he is. I think his initial reaction would be to poo-poo a pitcher for three years, and I think when he deep dove into it, he didn't think... It seems super realistic. They really would have to believe that Oswald Peraza is their starting everyday shortstop for the next five years. And maybe they do, um, but there would also be a lot of other pieces involved. And then Yankees signed Stroman, and we think they're done with starting pitching. But at least pre-deadline, as far as like major starting pitching additions, surprise us. So, you know, I well, I was just, just going to read off a really bad one. Um For the Orioles, everyone wants the chips all in move, and they haven't shown me anything to think that that's coming. Like, they they haven't done that. They haven't extended anyone even. Like, Rushman, like, do any of their young players have the team-friendly, you're going to be here for eight years? I don't think so. I don't think any of them did. Like, their biggest signing has been Craig Kimbrell uh, to come in as a one-year closer for them. So... Everyone kind of wants them to push their chips all in. Um, and I just don't see them doing that. Googled Orioles extension and it's just Camden Yards. Huh. See? So I don't think they've locked anybody up. Um, so, the one I liked, and again, you could dig through a lot of Yankee ones if you want. There's also a couple Mets ones in there. The one that you can plug and play different players because this team has a lot of capital, the Baltimore Orioles. 
it's basically a package of the next tier of Orioles prospects. Like you guys, you guys already know Adley Rushman. You know Gunnar Henderson. Uh, you probably know Jackson Holiday. Like those guys aren't moving. They are a part of Baltimore's core. I mean, they're supposed to be some of the best players in baseball for the next five years, and the Orioles are going to take advantage of that. They have a second wave of players. Right now, Jordan Westberg, who was a first-round pick and a big prospect for them, uh, he's slated to be their starting second baseman. Uh, Heston Kerstad, he was a top-five pick a couple years ago. Colton Kowser is a borderline, is like a major league-level guy who's like part of their plans, but not because they've got so many bodies. So, for me, this made the most sense because if the Orioles are going to make a move for a guy, like, the price for Dylan Cease for two years and Lazardo for three, probably not that far off, right? No. No? I mean, I guess Cease that's... Is like, in theory, Cease, I guess, has proven more, although he... Like statistically, last year wasn't great. I think the underlying numbers really liked last year for him, and say the the White Sox defense did not help him at all. Um, I guess I mean Lazardo. Lazardo's only had one full year. It was last year. He's got he's had injuries in every year besides God, last he's still year. Young, but I guess th- here's the point. There's only one more year. I think. How about this? I don't know the answer to Cesar Lazardo two years, first three years, but I would bet the Orioles front office would rather take a chance on three years of Jesus Lazardo. I think it's Jesus. I think they'd rather. Feels right. I think they'd rather take a chance on getting good three good years out of Jesus than trying to go for two years of Dylan Cease. I think they're a team that has to think about lengthening their window, um, and. I don't think they're ever going to do the chips all in move like the one year Shane Bieber. I I guess at the deadline, if the price was right. Um, Mm. But I don't know of the Lizardo trades. That's the one that I kind of, I did the biggest head tilt. The Orioles have MLB ready capital. Marlins need Marlins need hitting Orioles need pitching for the next few years. Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Confirmed. Jesus. Okay. That's what I thought. I think most of the time people are. I just, you know, never. you don't want to offend someone, but everyone knows what we're talking about. All right, let's get juicy. Uh, because there was a trade that I, I did think was interesting, and I'll, I guess this team still stands out. Because this team stood out trade-wise for like three years now. The St. Louis Cardinals. We've talked about their excess of outfielders. Uh, the trade that made me laugh, and I told you about the tweet about tell me your trade for your team. Someone tweeted at me, and they said, Dylan Carlson for Eniel De Los Santos. And he said, but it's not my team. Hmm? Man, you are hungry for baseball, friend. And so am I. Um, so someone essentially threw out a Brendan Donovan for Lazardo trade. There were some other prospects on St. Louis sides, which I'd have to check the years because Donovan's got to be, what, like four or three, he, he right? Has lot, he has a lot of value. Um, he plays a lot of positions, which we kind of talked about with the other guys. You know, I, I think there's a reason for, for that in a good and bad way. He can play the positions, but he's also 
lot, a lot of teams are ready to pencil him every day, third base, here you go, left field, whatever it is. Um, so that one turned my head a little bit because, again, the Marlins kind of constantly looking for pitching. <laughs> Brendan Donovan and a rise in the same four, four years. years. Brendan Donovan and a rise in the same lineup just feel, feels kind of funny. It's like they're bringing, bringing similar energies. Donovan with a little more pop. Um, so I was like, okay, like if Cardinals, I, I don't know if you got to finagle that with more card prospects or something on the Cardinals side, I think. I think Lazardo's a little higher valued with how high paid pitching is going for. A high ceiling starting pitcher. You know, Lazardo could be a playoff starter. Brendan Donovan could be a nice bat in your lineup. I mean, we've even talked, we dreamed him Yankees leadoff guy for a little bit. So I'd, I don't want to be fully shots fired. I think Lazardo has the edge. It's, it, it, it would probably be Cardinals have to toss in one more piece. Yeah. But, I, but I, you know, that made me turn my the head. The guts like, of a trade feels there. I was like, yeah, that. Ooh. Um, I was interested in that. I was interested in that. Um, and then the other Cardinals trade. So we had Cardinals fans dreaming up of another starting pitcher. That reminds me of my beautiful Yankee fans right now. Uh, yes, we have MLB five starting pitchers, uh, but we would love more. And man, this guy feels like a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, the trade presented was Shane Bieber going over, over to the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, some of the pieces in there, uh, Matt Liberatore. So they put in Tommy Edmond, which mm. I didn't know that was like a St. Louis trade piece, kind of. Yeah, on the table. Like, I, I guess with, yeah. within those pieces, Tommy Edmond could be available. Tommy Edmond kind of feels like a guardian. Um, so that's, that's where I initially got hooked. They said Tommy Edmond, Matthew Liberatore, probably just Liberatore. I don't know. Um, and then two prospects from the Cardinals organization for Shane Bieber. For me, I was impressed because this was a Cardinals fan that put a price tag that might be too high. Um, you know, normally you're scraping through prospects and you're like, hey, man, if you actually want player X, the other team probably doesn't want the prospects you don't want. That's usually not how it works. The Guardians have been unique in previous years. They'll take a hodgepodge of players, uh, going back to, I think, the Joe Musgrove deal, uh, a couple others, maybe Clev. I think if the Cardinals were willing to put something like this on the table with Liberator, who could be a good an MLB pitcher, Tommy Edmond, you know you're going to get contribution on, on the field from him. For one year of Shane Bieber, I think the Guardians would jump at this. I, I and Maybe I'm off. Guards let me know. Cards let me know. Are you guys friends? How close are your cities? I think Cleveland would jump at this. And I don't know. Again, I, the idea of St. Louis doing another trade, I like it. I would like it if I wanted real Cardinal belief next year. Nobody has actual Cardinal belief right now. If they traded for a Shane Bieber or if they traded for Lazardo, I think that would change our whole TPP on them. I think it would trade change the whole thing. Um, 
Because right now it'd be like, man, they were just so bad last year. I know they added this. How good does that actually make them? Maybe you believe in the Cardinals, but I don't know. They need to do one more move. I like that their fans are dreaming. Kind of the same as Yankee fans. Very similar pitching arguments. They're okay with their pitching. They really love another guy. (laughs) (laughs) Really love another guy. Uh, And I think the final trade I want to talk about. Bush Stadium to Progressive Field. Just under eight-hour drive. Okay, so you could do it. I mean, that's Midwest time, too. That's do it. nothing. It's one stop. It's one stop. Four hours in, we're peeing, we're snacking. We're going the rest of the way. I lied about one trade. Uh, there's two things I want to talk about. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of Houston fans chiming in. Good to see you guys. We're cool. Welcome. We all like ball. Like baseball. Like, we're cool, man. I mean, John Boy, what's that guy's deal? Um, You're safe here. So I've seen this for a little while now that Houston fans want to pillage the White Sox. They want Cease and Robert. Uh, and I remember there was, there was Robert trade rumors last year, which I don't know, man. Like, he's... Is that just us dream boarding? I don't know. I think there was... I think there was smoke, but maybe it was just because the White Sox were such a disaster. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's what that was. There's a lot of chat about, like, they, they can't be completely closed off to it. And these two teams have linked up for some trades in the past. So. Right. Uh, and that's why someone who actually had an error in their tweet uh, hooked me. Because I've... There was a lot of... <laughs> And this was this was what was fun for the exercise for me. You could tell what each fan base's Twitter has been talking about. Uh, like Yankee fans, they've been talking about Lizardo and Class A. Uh, Astro fans very clearly have been talking Cease and Eloy. One had Framber, Jake Myers, and a ton of prospects going back. I don't know. It I just doesn't feel right to me. There's and been, you know, There has been rumors Framber rumors, like, I know. Fram- Framber, not untouchable. I had a good joke at one point. Um, Luis Robert and Dylan Cease for Chaz McCormick or Keedy in three prospects I never heard of. I said, okay, and who would the White Sox get? Um, again, you know, we're, we're trying to come together for a trade here. Something I remember talking about on Talking Baseball one day uh, that I still, I still believe in. My guy, Eloy. I love, I love Eloy. Uh, when he is right at the plate, he's a walking 40 home runs. The problem is he's gotten banged up a decent amount. He's, uh, he's played over 100 games twice uh, in his now five years. Career 811 OPS. Last year he was a little below that. Played 120 games. Um, mostly DH'd. 105 games at DH. Part of the reason I like Eloy is I think he can be a really good DH. Like, we've, we've talked about this on Talking Yanks. Like, DHing's kind of a skill. A lot of players, you see their numbers go down when they DH because it's hard. All you get is four at-bats. <laughs> it's different. Like, sneaky stinks. Like I think, I think Big Poppy's, like, such a chiller that it's part of the reason it kind of worked for him. Go in, go in the clubhouse and chill out for an hour between at-bats. Like, not a lot of players can do that. Anyways, they signed Eloy to one of those 
uh, team-friendly contract extensions. But if he's just a DH, an injury-prone DH, that becomes tricky. He's on the book for $14 million this year. He has a team option for 16-5 next year. He has a team option for 18-5 the year after that. Not a lot of DHs get paid that amount of money. I mean, right now, who's Shohei gets paid that? Mm-hmm. Unique situation. After this year, he handed DH. Stanton gets paid that, and it's looking like a bad contract. Well, wasn't supposed to be a DH. And, like, J.D. Martinez will probably get, you know, he'll get decent money. Yeah, but uh, on a one-year commitment. On a one-year, he's an older player. It's, it's not really apples and oranges. An injury-prone DH, it's hard to pay that player on your team. So the price for Eloy Jimenez right now, I think it's cheap because, A, it could just be one year. If he gets hurt again, or if he's bad, I don't think you pick up the 16-5 team option. Um, and wouldn't that feel Astros-y? Because if, if they get this guy and he's healthy for 130 games, I think he might hit you 35 homers. So someone, and they said it was a typo because they wanted Luis Robert, <laughs> which got me pretty good because that's the, that's the trade I want to talk about. Um. Let's see, that Jordan trade is not happening. Scrolling. <laughs> the Orioles, Colton Kowser, Joey Ortiz for Cease. No, you're out. Um, and, if you're, and if you don't want Eli to be j- just a DH, Minute Maid left field is one he can run around at. Right. I mean, if you know. You've got that. Get him and Jordan. Brantley's off, out. Him and Jordan off their feet for every other day. Like, there's. Options. There's something to that. Um it was Eloy and Cease. And it was really just a prospect package. Um, which, again, I think for the White Sox is a different story than a lot of the teams I'm talking about. The White Sox are in a full-blown rebuild. So you could trade them actual prospects. Um, although the Houston, hmm. It's not what you'd expe- expect. I guess maybe a Hunter Brown or something like that. One of their two outfielders, a Jake Myers. Um, I'm sure there's some prospects that the White Sox would like. The reason I want to talk about that, it was a reminder of the Eloy conversation that I've had with myself, that let's say Houston sent chips for Dylan Cease, which doesn't Dylan Cease feel like a guy Houston would trade for? Strikeout guy that they could tap into just a little more. Uh, Right now their rotation, Verlander, Framber, Javier, Brown, or Keedy. Doesn't fully feel Houston-y. If Dylan Cease was at that two or that three spot with Framber and JV, then it would. They're expected to get McCullers back this year. Uh, I think later in the year. That one turned my head because, A, I can picture Dylan Cease in Houston. He seems like the player they'd like. And I think you could get Eloy for cheap than probably what you'd think. So the Houston Astros in one sweep who they always have a quiet offseason until they don't. Getting someone like um, Cease and my thick king, Eloy, that resonated with me. That would be a trade that would happen and we would groan. Good to There's, see. You know, I'd, I hate to pile on the White Sox in a tough time, oh. but the way it feels like the way they tend to do business is they may view Eloy as like a negative asset and getting getting off his money and... It's very close to neutral, Eloy's value right now. Especially just the way the White Sox 
that operate. if you that if you are Houston and you're trading for Dylan Cease, if there's one or two prospects that just need to be upgraded and you can get Eloy slash for them move on from Eloy, I think that's how something gets done. Or at least it does in my fantasy leagues. Last one, won't even go through it because we'll get to some Justin Pennick in football. Luis Arias, there's been a ton of trade rumors. The one team that popped up that I said, oh shit, Toronto Blue Jays. They've needed a true lefty in the top of that lineup. How gnarly would it be to see Arias within Springer, within Guerrero? Um, and I think the trade offer that someone threw out was uh, Tiedemann, who's a big-time pitching prospect, and they threw in Davis Schneider, who was the upstart second baseman. And I was like, yeah, I could if Miami thinks they need to move on to get a, a true prospect and a potential replacement for a rise. And God, Toronto, like we've... I, sometimes I do think our Yankee fan kicks in when we talk about Toronto, although they haven't really won a playoff anything. Um, if they traded, if the Blue Jays traded for Luis Arise, I think we'd let out like a big fuck. At minimum, just having to play against him a lot isn't fun. Springer, Arise, Bichette, Guerrero. However exactly you want to sequence that is going to be right. unpleasant. That's um, that's like the lefty. That's the lefty bat that I think would really change things for them. So, hey, let me know if you thought I was really on or really off with the trade or if you got something up your sleeve, up your or not your team. If you have a Dylan Carlson and Yellow Santos thing that you just see that nobody else hmm. sees, let us know. Uh, for now, why don't you guys come to the Talking Yanks live event with Aaron Boone? We're almost sold out. January 29th, Monday, downtown social. I'll be there. Beebs will be there. John Boy will be there. Aaron Boone will be there. Uh, maybe Pennick. I don't know. He's kind of a Yankees fan. I think he mentioned planning to come. Joe's Kenobio. It's going to be a blast. We're almost sold out. Click the link in the description. There's different levels of VIP tickets that get you different stuff and stuff. We sold mm. out, I think, of the more expensive ones. So sorry if you're a money bags out there. But the other stuff is great, too. Downtown Social, January 29th. Come see us do Talking Yanks Live with Booney. It'll be fun. Boing. We are joined by Justin Pennick, recurring guest of the program, f football guy, football streamer. Oh, yeah. You'll see us this weekend, and you, hopefully you saw us last weekend. How you doing, JP? Doing well. Doing good. BBD, Jake. Um, love talking football. It's been a while since we've done it. Thinking I know. about that. I've, uh, the people will be happy because I've fake teased you oh, probably yeah? the last six weeks. Oh, okay. And it's fully my fault. I mean, the holidays are brutal, yeah. and then... Playoffs and oh this oh Marcus Stroman, what do you want the Yankees to do? Go win a lot of f baseball games. That's All right, back answer. to the football with Justin Pennick. <laughs> uh, we're down to eight teams. Yeah, isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah. It happens quick mm -hmm. after that Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, started started slow, landed in an slow. okay place. Mm -hmm. um, are you hurt about anything? I know you were kind of getting on the Rams 
brigade? Like, do you yeah. feel any remorse for that, or are you in a good place? Well, you know what? I, I kind of got behind, like, Matt Stafford is just playing, like, really good football. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Lions are just way more talented, um, and they finally got their defense to a spot, unlike 2022. They got their defense to a spot where, you know, hey, we can compete. We can get after the quarterback. We know how important that is in the postseason. So there was a little regret there. Just not looking at the Rams roster being like the Lions roster is a lot stronger than the Rams roster. But Matt Stafford played like an incredible game. Like he played a much better quarterback game. And they're a PI away from that yeah. probably being their game. Yeah, and it, it's also like opening drive, man. And this is why field goals versus yeah. touchdowns, when you when you have the whole take the points versus go for it, be aggressive, you know, what do the Lions, what do the Rams do their first drive? They kick a field goal and then the Lions, you know, they come out, they score a touchdown. Um, obviously, it's a four-quarter game, 60-minute game. But in that game, you know, you, there's a lot of differences. But I think that's one of the main differences of what the Rams can control. But, yeah, a little bit of an under underwhelming weekend. Um, I thought the first half of the Texans-Browns game was fun. But then that game kind of took off. But really, the only good game from start to finish was those uh, Rams on Lions. I want to talk some Texans. Please. Because they're playing the Ravens. Like you said, we'll be streaming this game together. Yep. You, me, Zoe. Saturday. Wow. Football guys. Mm-hmm. Um. The Ravens have a chance if they come out with a first quarter or a first half. I think everyone's going to look around and be like, oh, mm-hmm. the Ravens are going to be there. Uh, they've been dominant. I know you were, before this, you were spitting some facts about how good they are against good teams. Mm-hmm. I joked anti Dolphins. Justin giggled. Might have been a sympathy giggle. Um, for me, I also, Houston, not to go full danger field, but there's no respect. C.J. Stroud, I think, has had the best rookie QB season ever. Yes. People compare it to luck. I heard uh, my guy Rosillo went back and forth on some of those stats. I think it's Stroud. Mm -hmm. I know it's tough to revisit what teams were expected to do that year. You know, Colts didn't have high expectations. They still, T.Y. was coming on the Mm -hmm. scene, and I think they had a young... Marvin? Or they had someone else who was really good. Maybe a Reggie Wayne that's still lasting. I think so. Maybe. Um, Either way... Stroud's been awesome. Yeah. Um, and they're heading to Baltimore, though, who they've killed everyone. Yeah. And I, everyone. I know it's not the best analysis, but it's like, this is a cross your fingers and hope for a good game. Because yeah. there's a chance, right? Stroud can fully be on the scene and it can fully make sense. He's been that good and he just did it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But it's how good is Baltimore? Right. Right. And the Ravens this year. I believe they have eight wins. Optus Stats put this out at the time of uh, December 26, 2023. I think it wound up being eight wins by 14-plus points this past season. All of those opponents having an above 500 record, including they had a win against those Houston Texans by 14-plus points in the regular season. No, no team in NFL history has had more than five regular season wins by 14-plus points against teams that finished that season with the, running, with the winning record. So the Ravens are not only winning, but they're kicking the crap out of teams. And that's been probably the, the most impressive part of their season is just offense, defense, hey, we'll throw special teams in there. They've, they're dominating teams all over the field. But with, with the Texans, you, know, you bring up Andrew Luck and you compare it. It's not even a numbers thing. But I think if you just watch how the quarterbacks are playing and mm. how they play quarterback, right? You know, how you're able to throw the football, manipulate the pocket, extend plays, which extending plays and manipulating the pocket, ironically enough, that was C.J. Shroud's big bugaboo in, in, right. in, in, uh, at Ohio State. Oh, he can't extend plays, he can't move, and he's doing that, man. And he's doing that's like his biggest strength when it was his fatal flaw, uh, supposedly on the scattering reports at Ohio State. Um, it's him and Andrew Luck probably all time. 
that have like these, look at how they just do quarterback. Look right. at how they are performing at quarterback. Ignore the stats, ignore this, ignore that. Just look at how they're performing at quarterback. And it is really, really impressive. Big plays while limiting turnovers and limiting sacks. Because that's what, you know, usually I'll have a lot of rookies with some big plays, but they'll take sacks and they'll turn over the ball. And Stroud is just not doing that. And you mentioned Ravens getting off to a fast start. They're known for that for years, where it's like, hey, Lamar, we'll push the ball downfield, we'll throw the ball, and then, hey, we'll just run it down your throats in the second half, and we'll end up with a lot of rushing attempts. And it's like we, we just control the game. But the Texans are also known for those fast starts, too. What have they done their last two games against the Colts? Play action, first play of the game. First offensive yeah. play of the game. Play action touchdown, Nico Collins. They're not expecting this, right? No way they're going to throw a 70-yard bomb down the field. Well, guess what they do? And they had a good opening script against the Browns, too, that entire first quarter. So uh, this could be a game where it's a stinker, and it's, hey, a rookie, rookie and young roster, young coach shows up in a big moment, divisional round on the road. Or it could be C.J. Stroud continues to have, you know, uh, those nerves of steel and continues, uh, you know, continues it through when we have a good game at Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see if there's a, a punch in the mouth because you saw with the Dallas Cowboys, like, <laughs> they, got, they got punched in the mouth and mm-hmm. it, it just changes the whole feel to yeah, a game, 100%. you know? It, that's, for me, with Baltimore and the season they've had, uh, I don't hold Lamar's playoff history against him too much. He's one in three. Three touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, you know, obviously there's some good rushing stats in there too. The Ravens are nasty. Yeah. For me, the only way this doesn't go Ravens is if they get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And Texans score on the opening drive or Lamar throws a pick opening drive. Mm-hmm. And then the questions about Lamar, everyone's human. That's why this stuff happens. Yeah. If that stuff starts to wander in, I think that's how you get a game. And I don't know if they're going to. It's tough. I'm excited, though. Really excited. I'm excited. We'll be watching it. Jam football. Come tune in with us. The other game on that day, Green Bay, San Francisco. This game happens every year. Um, after the Green Bay Cowboys game, this is usually the next game. Um, the Niners on the other side, I think they were originally hmm, respected more than Baltimore. I still think they are talent-wise, right. pure but Baltimore talent. just kicked the crap out of them a couple weeks ago. But they kicked the crap out of them. And that's what Baltimore does. And people will just question Brock Purdy until he's holding the Super Bowl trophy mm-hmm. because there's so much talent around him. That's almost the flaw. Um, and I think the other thing is that the AFC is just a little more open. Right. Or was a little more mm-hmm. open. Teaser. Um San Francisco hosts Green Bay. Jordan Love is playing a crazy brand of football right now. All the stats from the second half of the season. They just won against them boys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was laughing earlier this week when I talked about it. When you don't have a star wide receiver and your offense is bad, it's where's our wide receivers. If you don't have a star wide receiver and your offense is good, it's like, man, these guys are interchangeable. Is it going to be Wicks on one play? (laughs) Is it going to be Dobbs on the other play? Watson, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, right a, now, Gre- point. right now, Green Bay's in the sweet spot because they point, think Jake. they're clicking and they can throw it to any guy at any time. So, is is there anything? What would get the Green Bay hype train going? Well, again, I I hate to keep harping on the same point, but a fast start and Matt Lafleur, one of the best coaches in the National Football League, with opening scripts and the way like his own ability to to start fast. Mm-hmm. Um, for years, you know, Rogers did it. Um, you know, Love has done it too. So that's that's where they can 
catch that crowd right. sleeping, you know, get right. get the crowd quieted down, you know, get the momentum headed in one way. If they can get that fast start as well, and it gives the young quarterback a little you know, a little confidence. And Jordan Love wasn't just check down Charlie and yeah, no. yards after the catch, My like God. scheming that. It was impressive you know, yeah hang in the pocket like different arm slots arm angles and it's the stuff that you go wow 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 when jackson mahomes and stafford when they do that stuff jordan love was doing that too and like you mentioned they don't really have like a household name that he's throwing the ball to so really impressive effort by lafleur it's a shame that if you know kevin stefanski didn't have the regular season that he did or if this jordan love hype didn't fully start in the playoffs, then I think he would he should get some love for yeah. Coach of the Year for what he's done with that roster. That's the youngest team in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers, number one, and our New York Giants, number two. The two, hey. youngest, the two youngest teams in the NFL right now, but obviously the Packers are playing this Sunday and there's another team that's home. We don't know if they're home. <laughs> How about this? Who do you feel more confident in, Baltimore or San Francisco? San Fran. San Fran, 100%. I'm now, with you, which kind of is bizarre because... Yeah. I think Green Bay versus Houston, I would take Green Bay on a neutral site. Yeah. But I think that goes back to believing in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, man, there's so much talent. All pros. All there's pros so at every talent. level. Can I tell you the most important player on yes. the field for the San Francisco? I think the the most important player in these playoffs, non-quarterback. Trent Williams. Yes. Yes. The health of Trent Williams when he's off the field. Yeah. Think of early in the year. Remember when Brock Purdy had like a bad couple weeks? Debo was off the field, but Trent Williams was off the field too. And then later in the year, Trent Williams goes down again, like mid-game. You're playing Baltimore. Get the crap kicked out of him. And there's a reason why. I think left tackle is the second most important position in the game of football. Um, And it's that's why. I mean, you see these teams that their left tackles go down, and some of them just can't fully bounce back. Um, and Would I you think, say right tackle if it was a lefty quarterback? Uh, yeah, it's a why fun not? game, right? Why not? Your blind side, side tackle. Yeah, why not? So um, Trent Williams, very, very important player. And if he, I, I th- I've been checking in with 49ers fans as we've been streaming on JM Football. Is he okay? Is he okay? Right. Seems like he's going to play, but you never know. Something mid-game could come up, and then that 49er right. offense changes completely. Trent Williams is out in the first quarter, and everyone and Jordan Love makes a nice pass. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll do it. Yep. Okay. Um, Sunday games, uh, you've, been, you've been marching the table for years saying Goff or Baker are going to come back. Yeah. Here what they are. Uh, the Lions, man. Like you said, sure they have talent. Dude, there's something about cohesion and team building. Like, doesn't it feel like Dan Campbell, Goff, Aiden Hutchinson... Mm-hmm. Um, their GM who was screaming in the elevator, mm-hmm. Aaron Glenn, mm-hmm. like Jack Campbell, the line, like it seems like they're Laporta. It seems like they're all yeah same. Mm-hmm. Like Laporta's Laporta's post game was very different than Dan Campbell's, but it was still the same. He was like, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I they were talking about his injury, and he's just like, I hope I hope I contributed enough today. He's like, you scored a touchdown, yeah. pop, like you're. You're the guy. And don't you like how they didn't shy away from the whole golf thing? Yeah. Like, they, they embraced it. All of them did. They didn't, like, oh, you know, business as usual. It's and just credit the- to golf as well. Yes. Credit to golf as well. Because uh, if that blows up on them, all of us are doing sheesh. Mm-hmm. Um, Tampa Bay wins with big plays because Detroit's secondary has a couple laughable moments a game. 
Yes, I mean Tampa Bay secondary uh, has has a couple of them too. I think Tampa Bay is up there in like third or fourth most uh, big plays allowed, big pass plays allowed. Here's where I think the Lions are going to get them. And okay. you know, if you watch that Monday night game, you know, I think this is more of a reflection on the Eagles than anything. But you know, Todd Bowles loves the blitz, top five blitz rate in the NFL. Um, and they got after Hertz, and Hertz has not been good under pressure. So what you see in the back end is you see man coverage, guys one v one. And you got to win. You got to win on the back end, and you got to find a way to get the ball out of your hands quick. If that's the same game plan, if Tampa Bay copies and pastes that same game plan against the Detroit Lions, I think the Lions are going to carve them up because mm-hmm. you're going to have Amon Ross St. Brown. You're going to have Laporta. I even like some of their other receivers too. Reynolds, um, you know, is another guy. Amon Ross is going to carve them up in the slot. And Jared Goff does a nice job of not taking a lot of sacks, getting rid of the ball quickly while also producing big plays. Um, so the Bucks, there. I don't know if their game plan should be cover zero looks and bring everybody and we're going to get in Goff's face and we're going to do it like we did with Hurts because I think the way that the Lions offense operates is very different. Um, so I'm confident that the Lions are going to take care of business on Sunday. Couple, couple fun little jakey questions. Mm-hmm. Which coaching staff do you like more, Campbell or Bowles? Bowles is a sneaky, like, beloved guy in, in NFL circles. Right. And they have a good offensive play caller right now who's getting some love for possible coaching coaching candidacies. I mean, you, you got to love Detroit, right? I mean, you know, they had the hard knocks last Campbell's year. Campbell's just tough to beat. They're all former players. Right. So they all, yeah. they all love each other. They, they, like they that. legitimately, that is, the, that is the main thing you get away from the hard knocks when they did it maybe last year or two years ago. They love each other. Every time they show Aaron Glenn, it makes me happy. Yeah. Why is that? And he was he was on the hot seat too. Um, Bobby John, I don't know if Bobby Johnson's the foreign player. That's the only one. The OC that's that will be a head coach, ben head Johnson. coach. Uh, Bobby Johnson's the O line coach for the Giants. Bobby's the guy you work. with. Yeah, Bobby's the guy that I work with. Uh, ben Johnson, who undoubtedly I think will be a head coach next year, um, based off what he's done this year. So I don't know if he's a former player, but even his rise was interesting because he had Dan Campbell after his first year. They fire their offense coordinator, then he takes over play calling, offensive play calling, which a lot of people forget that. And then they hire Ben Johnson. So they all love each other, man, and they're all they're all very cohesive. They have obviously a great communication with the front office about the type of players that they're looking for. Dan Campbell even talked about that. If you saw that post game, yeah. that post game speech, yeah. you know, we have great communication of the the type of people that we want to bring in here, and that stuff matters. So I would say, as a staff, I, I like I like them more. I think you're right. Yeah. Is there any golfers Baker conversations that are fun? Golf had a huge year. We, so, you know, we just so did Baker for the expectations, right? He was a Baker was at LA Ram last year. Yeah, remember that? He got off the plane and was their starting quarterback on Thursday night football. LA I Ram. think, and now got there on Tuesday night. I think possibly won the game. At, possibly looking at this soft season, like what what contract is Baker Mayfield going to get next year? Might be a Baker guy. Love go. I love both these. guys. Yeah. I love their stories. Um, if Baker somehow ends up in. <laughs> the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I'll love however he gets there. Uh, I don't know. I I think I think what Detroit has going right now is just powerful. Yeah, you mentioned continuity they, through a couple of years too. That I think that's the main difference here. You know, even though Tampa's roster, a lot of it is still similar to you know when they I won mean, a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So it's not like that I'm roster's actually, bad. Dude, but, I was about to lock in a Detroit bet, and then I remember what their secondary was doing, and every time they needed a stop. I know you're giving Stafford credit, but right. also guys were open mm-hmm. that Mike Evans and Godwin. Yep. Kate Otten. Yeah, they have Trey Palmer, too. You know, they they have that Tampa Bay offense has been good. The tickets in 
So Baltimore, tickets as low as 100 bucks to get in the stadium. Really? San Francisco, tickets as low as 188 No way. Our final game, Buffalo, tickets as low as 148 These are just like what's popping up on I'm ESPN. trying to go to a Knicks so game, and I like legitimately cannot. Don't get started. <laughs> trying regular to go to a Knicks se- game. Regular season Knicks game. That's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, <clears throat> tickets as low as 485 in the Motor City. The place is going to be a nut, yeah. a, a nut bin. Yeah, a nut bin. <laughs> bin of nuts. So as much as I want to, I see Detroit giving up big plays and Baker's stories is fun. It's tough to go against mm-hmm. Detroit, man. They've, uh, they've got the sauce. Yeah. And they're good. Yeah. Like they have more talent than Tampa. Gibbs. Montgomery. Don't you love how they literally said we wanted to, they said that we wanted to play Dallas again. They literally said we wanted to play yeah. Dallas again, but we'll take another home playoff game. How about that? That's a, that's a team. They're sickos. Moxie. They're sickos. The final game, a game we've seen, Justin Panic, mm. and both teams kind of took the long road, huh? The Kansas City Chiefs, led by Chris Rose's D, and the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. It was a moment. The Chris Rose ride the D. That was a moment. That was awesome. There were so many accounts that got <laughs> big views on that. That's how people currently see Chris Rose. Um, the Buffalo Bills, who took the long route to the two seed and have some of the lowest moments it feels like a team can have on the field. Somehow, mm-hmm. they're positioned great Yeah, because they've got Kansas City at home this time in Buffalo, survived the snowstorm. Kansas City's offense... Has been in a tough spot for a little while. The other reminder is that the home seed would be flipped here via the Kadarius Tony offside play. Mm. Yeah. Thank That's you, a fun KT. one. Thank you. Um, is there anything? What's different from past years? Obviously, Kansas City's offense has been talked a, lo- mm-hmm. a lot this year. Is Buffalo that different? No, but they're hot. And I, be- I believe winning. in that. They're winning a lot of games. I believe okay. in that. I, re- I really do. Um, that could be, you know, hey, if you want to call that, oh, bad sports analysis. I mean, this has been a debate that you and Jim have had for years. Sure. You know, momentum and is that a thing? Is right. it being high? I, I think it is. And, and I'm a stats guy. You know I'm a stats you guy. Are a stats you, you, guy. Wake up, Jake. You heard me listen to it before. Yeah. The thing that's different, too, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time that Mahomes is playing in Buffalo. First ever regular season, playoff game. Regular season or postseason. Yeah. He's playing in Buffalo. Every Chiefs-Bills matchup has been in Kansas City from what I believe. Like, think of it on top of your head. I can't think of Pat Mahomes wearing white in, in New York. Is this for, I know this is his first road playoff game, but yeah. I, I could see that being true as well. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, that, I mean, that's very different. Bills are winners of six in a row? Yeah. Since McDermott got in hot water, and then they rallied around him, which is crazy. That story is crazy. We won't talk about it, but if you know the story I'm talking about. I guess there's what just jumped in my head is if there's blood in the water, which this Kansas City team puts a lot of blood in the water, Mm -hmm. if you're the city of Buffalo and you've been waiting for this game ever since the OT, Mm -hmm. and, you know, just Josh Allen Mahomes, these two teams have been great. It's in Buffalo. If the Chiefs leave blood in the water, which I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a third down and a wide receiver runs the wrong route, which, like, happens with this Chiefs offense. A drop. They lead the league in drops. 
it feels like the whole team has to be like, hey, this this might be your best chance to ever take down Patty. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because I mean, the pri- they're not going to run back an offense like this no, again. Priority number one is get Mahomes a wide receiver, whether that's via trade or via draft. And they, they probably won't even need to move up in the draft to come get home, a really good wide receiver. Come home the enemy. Yeah. R- really? Yeah. Maybe. You never know. Um, yeah, but. What else is there, Panic? What else is there? Life? You have Steve Spagnuolo's defense and yeah. then Josh Allen, who. Even though Joe Brady has really reeled them in and they've started to run the ball well, um, there's still some Josh Allen like, what are we doing, place? And that could, you know, change the tides of a close game. And that's the only thing I'm looking yeah. out for. Steve Spags was doing some awesome fun things against Tua and getting Tua confused, you know, pre-snap to post-snap, and that that offense, that Miami offense, it's all about Tua getting rid of the ball in two and a half seconds or less. So what Spags was doing, you know, defense coordinator for the Chiefs, um, three-time Super Bowl champion now, yeah. which, hey, that matters in the postseason. You know, having a postseason game plan and what you do, because everybody's good. It's not like you take advantage of bad quarterback play. So what they were doing last week of rotating stuff pre and post snap, I think you're going to have to do some similar stuff against Josh Allen. Um, you know, prevent those big plays, make him stay patient, make Josh Allen force him to check down the ball and keep it short. Does he have the discipline to do that? Some weeks yes, and some weeks no. Challenge him regardless, because you're not going to totally slow him down. You're not going to stop him, but at least make him run a lot of plays, and maybe he'll make a mistake. I I use the blood in the water analysis for the Bills. If they see the Chiefs being leaky, yeah. drop, fumble, whatever it is. Man, the last game of the day. You know, you don't want to go Collinsworth, but how did how did the Chiefs play like this and somehow Patrick Mahomes has the ball down mm-hmm. six with a minute thirty five left on the clock? I'm not I'm not betting against the Chiefs. No. I was a stupid idiot, and I did it against Miami just because they could run the ball well. I was like, oh, you know, they don't need to throw. Miami could just run the ball well. Well, Pacheco did, did that Sterling much for a second there? No, not intentionally. If I sounded... In the I, middle, I, there's a little, oh, I gotta run the ball. If I sounded like him, then Susan, <laughs> I'll take it. No, so... Excited, man. Um, hopefully this weekend delivers some start-to-finish games yeah. that, are, that are much better than last week. Hey, I know our I know our MLB play. I was thinking of the MLB play. I was thinking, like, oh, football's never going to do that. And then, lo and behold, we had a weekend of it. So hopefully we get some good games start-to-finish, and I'm excited to watch all of them. We will see you there, Jam Football. Mm-hmm. We're streaming a lot. You're coming out with a ton of content. Bragged in my face. You I beat did. me on the content chart today. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Enjoy the football this weekend. Hopefully we get some big baseball news. Justin Panic, BBD in a hat. Hey, everybody. It's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.